Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Jesus Christ said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That's in John 4, verse 34. And then over in John 5, verse 17, he said, My father works hitherto, and I work. These are a couple of verses that we talk about all the time. And yet, it is really rare understanding to actually know what Christ did while he was on earth. There are maybe some intriguing distractions. Um, There's an article from the May 2006 Philadelphia Trumpet Magazine talking about the Da Vinci Code and how This is the type of material about Christ that really gets people excited. You know, the type of material that tells you that everything you know about Christ is wrong. Everything that the Bible says about Christ is basically untrue. Now, what about what the Bible actually tells us? Can we get interested in that? Can we care about what the Bible reveals about Jesus Christ's work on earth. He did five important jobs while he was on earth. And we can learn so much from what he actually did. We don't have to go off into uh, heretical books that are outside the Bible to find out what Christ actually accomplished. So we will go through these five jobs of Christ today because they do relate directly to us doing God's work today. This is point number one. Jesus Christ came to earth to conquer the devil. Matthew chapter four is perhaps a bit of an overlooked chapter And yet it talks about the real Game of Thrones. Not just some fantasy land story, the real Game of Thrones. Christ actually faced off against Satan the devil head to head. And he won. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that something worth getting interested in? Now the whole reason... Christ had to conquer the devil is because Adam and Eve did not. And that was another huge earth-shaking battle, a mental, spiritual battle between Satan and the first two human beings. And that's in Genesis chapter 3. But where Adam failed, Christ succeeded. Christ did not fall into Satan's traps of 
vanity and hunger and lust for power. He did not let Satan convince him to rebel against his own father like Adam did. So Christ actually won. This is what Herbert W. Armstrong wrote in Mystery of the Ages. This perhaps was the most important, momentous, decisive confrontation and battle ever fought in all time in the universe. That's right. Christ defeating Satan opened up everything else that he did on earth. It made his other jobs possible. And it makes God's work today possible. So immediately after Christ defeated Satan, when Christ refused to let Satan steal his crown, what did Christ do next? Matthew 4, verse 17 From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this verse is very often misunderstood. There are a lot of false conceptions about what the kingdom really is and what Christ was really saying here. It could be easy to think that Christ was saying the kingdom of God was already on earth at that time 2,000 years ago. And that the kingdom was in their midst, perhaps meaning that it, it could be set up in their hearts. But the Bible shows us that God's kingdom is a real earth-ruling kingdom. And until you see a government comprised of spirit beings ruling over every nation on earth, after conquering every nation on earth, you have not yet seen the kingdom. You can, you can learn more about that in Daniel chapter 2. It, it gives the history of four world-ruling kingdoms on this earth, led by human beings. And then there is this fifth kingdom, this stone that smashes the other four kingdoms and takes over. It smashes the Daniel 2 image, depicting those other four kingdoms. And then it fills the entire earth. But it all started with Christ conquering the devil. So the second reason Christ came to earth, Christ came to earth to announce the kingdom of God. That kingdom could not ever be set up until Christ qualified to replace Satan. Satan is the God of this world, and he is set up on the throne over the earth today just because God allows him to be according to his plan. But it won't always be like that. Christ conquered the devil so he could soon replace the devil. Christ began announcing his victory over the devil right after it happened. And he said, yes, the kingdom of God is now a reality. It is now possible. It will occur. It will arrive in the future. 
because I just defeated Satan. So what an exciting message. Christ came to earth and declared a new kingdom, a different kind of government from anything we humans had ever seen before. And he preached about it. He taught about what that kingdom would really be like. Notice this from this May 2006 trumpet article. Let us introduce Jesus Christ. It says here, Jesus Christ was simply the greatest newscaster of all time. When he walked the earth, he literally passed on to the people at that time the shocking news headlines of today and of the world just ahead of us. The biggest story, Jesus Christ returns to start new civilization will be written in our generation. Christ wrote the news headlines before those news events took place. And that's what makes the Philadelphia Trumpet News Magazine, the Trumpet Daily Program, the Key of David, so different today. It is tomorrow's news today. It is telling you years and decades in advance what is going to happen. And it's just like Christ did. There are key prophecies in your Bible that tell us the major world powers in this end time and how they will struggle against each other or form alliances with each other. The Bible also reveals what happened to God's church in this end time. And so we have a lot of clarity and a lot of peace of mind because we know what happened, what will happen, and why. God does show a whole lot. But every, every time you go on thetrumpet.com and you read an article, and pretty much every time, it reminds you that the solution is the kingdom of God. How can we possibly solve any of our problems on our own. We've tried. We've failed. Over and over and over for 6,000 years. We've tried every form of government. We've tried every type of economy and industry and technology. And yet the violence increases. The misery and suffering increases. We haven't eliminated poverty and starvation and disease. Is the world really an ever-improving place? Or is it a boiling pot about to boil over? So in God's work today, we constantly remind you that the only solution is the kingdom of God. 
It is spirit beings ruling over human beings with perfect love and judgment and mercy. That's the only way. And it will take a miraculous transformation of human minds as well. Humans will have to acknowledge and obey God's law, which is the only way to true freedom. And they will live that way in the coming kingdom of God. That was the second reason Christ came to earth to announce the kingdom of God. The third reason Christ came to earth to die for us. Now, it seems like a lot of people out there at least intellectually understand this point. This is something that you will hear plenty of Christian churches talking about. But notice here in uh, this May 2006 Trumpet article, the astounding reality is Jesus Christ's death was the death of a God. So we understand that. Plenty of people understand that Christ dying was a God dying. They understand that in some way, at least. But maybe the, the lack of understanding comes in when we discuss what exactly was Christ doing before he was a human being? Who was he back then? Christ was actually the God of the Old Testament. Every time a God in the Old Testament interacted with ancient Israel, it was the God being who later became Jesus Christ. Back then, he was known as the Word, not Christ. But don't a lot of religious denominations today, Christian sects, say that the God of the Old Testament is cruel and that Jesus Christ is all kindness and inclusive and totally accepting? They were the same God. They're the same person, the God of the Old Testament and Jesus Christ of the New Testament are the same. And there's no contradiction in the way those two behaved. That really ought to stagger us enough to study into it a little bit more. Was the God of the Old Testament really cruel? when he commanded Israel to go into the promised land and conquer it by force and drive out all the other peoples? Does that really match with the Jesus of the New Testament? Well, the Jesus of the New Testament flipped over tables and, and drove a whip in the temple when 
merchants moved in and were trying to to sell things in there. The common theme is that God does not tolerate evil. Those nations that ancient Israel had to conquer were evil. They sacrificed children. They engaged in perverted sexual practices. They worshipped idols. And the reality is, even if they were killed or driven out, part of God's master plan is to resurrect them one day, which we'll get into in a moment as well. So it wasn't permanent death for those people. God is not cruel, but he will not tolerate sin. Christ never tolerated sin. He certainly was kind to everybody. He taught and talked to anybody. John 4 shows him talking to the Samaritan woman, even though the Jews of that day wouldn't even look at those people. They had disdain for the Samaritans. And yet Christ spent time with her and talked with her and encouraged her to, to move forward living the right way instead of the sinful way she was engaged in. He loved her and the whole region of Samaritans asked Christ to spend a couple more days with them, teaching them, opening their eyes to the truth. They loved Christ and Christ loved them. He loved those sinners and all other sinners enough to die for all of us, of course. But what does Christ expect us to do once we accept that sacrifice? Does he expect us to keep on living in sin when clearly the God of the Old Testament and the Christ of the New Testament had no tolerance for sin? Should we really keep on sinning and thinking nothing of it? Is that really how Christ wanted us to behave? That's something to think about. So that's the third reason Christ came to earth, to die for us. And today he lives for us. And he expects us to live the way he did. Becoming perfect, becoming sinless. Here's the fourth reason Christ came to earth. Christ came to earth to open the resurrection Now, this means that we follow the pattern of Christ's life. Christ lived, he died, he was in the grave for three days, and then God the Father resurrected him. During those three days, Christ was really dead, unconscious, no thoughts whatsoever, he wasn't just a floating ghost waiting to get out of the grave. He was literally dead. He was a corpse. 
until God the Father brought him back to life. And this is the exact same pattern we follow as human beings. When we die, it really is death. Everyone who has ever died is still dead, except for Christ. And yet the hope in all of it is the resurrection. Christ said in John 11 verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Christ opened the resurrection for all mankind. In God's work today, we explain to people that death isn't really death in the sense that it's permanent and we'll never see those people again. But it is really death in the sense that those people are still unconscious. But the hope is real because it's not about heaven and hell. It's about having a chance at a real fulfilling eternal life, not just floating on clouds forever or being tortured in fire forever, but having real life in the kingdom of God, doing things, accomplishing things, building, creating, being part of a family. Christ said in John 20, verse 17, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. God is a family. God is the Father, Christ is the Son, and the rest of us can be born as sons into that family as well through the resurrection through a transformation from physical bodies into spirit bodies. Christ made that possible by his own death and resurrection. And finally, the fifth reason Christ came to earth, Christ came to earth to establish his church. A whole church, a whole teacher's college, training the rulers of the world tomorrow the rulers of the kingdom of God. Matthew 16, verse 18, Christ promised to build his church and to preserve it through the millennia. It exists to this day, and you can find and prove where it is. This article from May 2006 says, Are you training to rule with Christ? The Bible states emphatically that the true people of God are kings and priests in training. Revelation 1 verse 6 and 5 verse 10. It says here, is your religious life a training ground preparing you for an awesome future of accomplishment? Or is it a stale, boring, going through meaningless motions kind of existence? Your religion should be meaningful, thrilling, and successful, you are responsible to take the first steps to make sure that happens. Then God will bless your efforts. And that's what God's work teaches today. And it gives you a way to make your religion, the way you live, thrilling and exciting and uplifting every single day. 
And really, there's so much literature at thetrumpet.com. The message of God's work is one of hope. And it's all made possible by Christ walking the earth 2,000 years ago and doing what he did. Conquering the devil. Announcing the kingdom of God. Dying for us. Opening the resurrection and establishing his church. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time. Thank you.